Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's baseball trade deadline day. Start today's podcast by reminding everybody that the great Joe Orico, our host of Fantasy MLB Today, and the grand poobah of the Sports Ethos Baseball Division is currently, right at this moment, hosting a live show. Right at this moment, it's going over on the Sports Ethos YouTube page. So as soon as you're done with this podcast, go join those guys. He has 20 analysts over a five-hour show. As we record right this moment, I believe they're in the middle of hour number two. So a long way to go, and I hope you will join them. You can always watch some of that on repeat after the fact, but definitely go check that out if you like baseball at all, because the baseball trade deadline is also very fun. Who doesn't love a damn trade deadline? Baseball and basketball trade deadlines, they are just, they're the bee's knees, man. I'm Dan Vaspers. Big thank you again to Mike and Keith from yesterday. Kind of gave my voice a day off, and it needed it. My voice is still in sort of a recovery mode. I feel like today is, uh, which makes sense because it's the farthest I've been away from having COVID, but today does feel kind of like the first day where my voice is holding up to raising and lowering its volume. You guys have no, well, you probably do because there are all these pauses in the podcast. All those pauses over the last week and change, that was me turning my microphone on and off and clearing my throat. I just, I could not get that frog out. But the frog has bounded free from the confines of my very narrow esophagus, and it's time to now do a podcast. Today, as promised, we do have two more season win total shows. Uh, There is the late additions show, which I'll do once they're all up there, meaning basically once we have any kind of uh, finality in a Damian Lillard or James Harden scenario. So effectively, the teams were waiting on at this point. And I don't think I did Toronto either. I was mostly just feeling bashful. I left them out because I am a little bit nervous they're going to move some guys, but I probably need to get in on the Toronto thing. And you heard from Fiddle yesterday that the uh, Raptors under was one of his favorite plays, so now I'd feel like a real jerk if I went the other way. But we have to do the Raptors, and then we also have to do the Sixers, And the Clippers, they're the two teams that were late ads due to the Harden stuff, and we have to do the Blazers and the Heat, obviously two teams that are late ads due to the Damian Lillard stuff. I don't know if Portland is even up there now. The Heat got added. Anyway, we'll get to those at some point. I think what I'd like to do, because, look, the... the, the smart sports betting play on those is to attack them as soon as we have any kind of idea what's going on with these big names on the move. I will, Although I will say this, I think Philadelphia actually handles Harden's departure well. I think that the uh, coaching change is a big move for them and a good one to a coach that does value the regular season. And honestly, that team needs a shakeup. Not that they've had the same roster for a while, but they are sort of right in that can are we going to stagnate mode. So I actually like Philadelphia. They're a team that I'm looking to take the over, but I don't want to do it until after Harden gets moved because that number is going to come down. So kind of a dumb time to do it. 
Similarly with the Clippers, I kind of like them as an over team now. We're hearing all the right stuff out of Clipperdom about actually playing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard during the regular season. But then if they get Harden, it's going to be a real messy mess. And then I'd probably look at the under. Blazers would likely go into tank mode without Dame. I know they have some other guys in that team that are not terrible, but it wouldn't be enough in my eyes. And then with the Heat, I'd probably go under just because of uh, the getting used to effect. But we'll deal with those. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So what I want to do today instead is let's go over my favorites so far. Because we did Keith's favorites, we did Fiddle's favorites yesterday. The one thing we haven't done in terms of what do you like the most are my own. And you guys probably were hoping that I would do a better job of highlighting those as we moved through the teams. I kind of wanted to see all of them together. And now we have. Trying to keep an eye on baseball deals while we're uh, doing this show. Not that it's going to change anything for our podcast. I just find it amusing. I love baseball. You guys know that about me. I love baseball. I worked in baseball for a very long time. It's easier for me to be a baseball fan than it is, like, for basketball, I can both work in it, on it, and watch it and enjoy it. Working in baseball kind of ruined baseball for me because it's every day. You never get a moment to rest your brain. Basketball, you rest your brain every once in a while. There's a team you like. They don't play every single day. You can separate, the, or at least I can compartmentalize a little bit. So here are my favorites, and we're going to do it division by division, and we'll do it in the same order we did it as we went through 25 of the 30 teams. We haven't done all 30 on this one. Dano's favorites here on Fantasy NBA Today for our season win totals. Before we do that, quick reminder, the NFL Fantasy Pass and the All-Sport Fantasy Pass are on sale at Sports Ethos now. The NFL Fantasy Pass is just $4 a month. It has all of our NFL ranks and over 75 pieces of content already in the NFL Draft Guide a draft guide that is slated to have more than 150 pieces of content when it is all said and done. But they've already got the numbers in there, so jump on that now. They're doing miraculous work. They're also hosting mock drafts over on YouTube. They've got little sleeper pieces that are dropping on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash sportsethos. But more than anything, now is the time to get the all sport. I keep... I'm not a fan of the Transformers movies per se, but every time I say it, I think of the all spark... Was that the third one? I don't know. Was John Turturro in it? Was Shia LaBeouf still in it? Nobody remembers. There was an AllSpark. Anyway, we got the AllSport at Sports Ethos. And that's $7 a month. Which is, I think, less than every streaming service right now. Because it does not come with uh, ads in it. Ha ha, in your face. Hulu and Netflix with ads. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits 
then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, right, the All Sport. (laughs) Oh, boy, it's going to be a long one for you guys today. The All Sport is $7 a month right now, but it's going up to 10 this month. We're now officially, by the way, happy August, everyone. It's going up to 10 here in August when our first NBA draft guide content drops. Right now, you can get the All Sport, which has basketball, including the Brewski 150, baseball, which is rolling right now, and we'll obviously roll into next year with Joe's rankings and his amazing team. And right at this moment, the football draft guide is in there with rankings. At $7 a month, you can keep it at $7 a month forever, provided you just leave it on. Do it now because it's going up to 10 It's like It's almost going up by 50% later this month. This is your chance to get it at the best price it will ever be. Every sport we offer here at Sports Ethos for $7 a month. If we ever add premium coverage of anything else, that'll drop in there too. This is season-long all sport. $7 a month at sportsethos.com. Pacific Division, Dan's favorites. We didn't do the Clippers yet, and the Warriors and Lakers are not among my favorites because, look, I went over on a pair of public teams. That hurts my heart. It should be no surprise to you all that my favorites in the Pacific Division are the Suns under, that's like my half favorite, and the Kings under. I know you guys are going to break my neck for this one. I know I have a lot of Kings fans that listen in. It's not about whether or not I'm a fan of your organization or your team. I need you guys to remember that. What it is about is that the West got tougher, number one, with guys like Beal coming West, and last year Kevin Durant came West, but it really didn't have time to be an impact. The East got weaker, so now teams in the West are going to play more good teams. You have a chance that the Mavs stay healthy with Kyrie and Luka all year. You have a chance that the Pels can stay healthy, Ingram and Zion in particular. The Rockets got better with Freddie Van Vliet coming West. The Spurs got better with Victor Wembanyama. I know they're they're likely not going to be putting up a ton of fight this year, but these like your competition's going to be tougher. Two, and we talked about this, but I think it's important that we kind of rehash it a little bit because some of this got lost in translation as I was running through all the teams. Two, Darren Fox in the fourth quarter was absolutely positively unreal this year. He won the clutch award and deserved it. Fully deserved it. He was the best player in the fourth quarter, and there wasn't really anybody all that close in my eyes. I think he's going to be good in the fourth quarter, maybe throughout his entire career, but replicating what he did this season is going to be incredibly difficult. Some of that because these things have a way of snowballing, whether in the good or bad direction. Feedback loops really, truly are a thing. And the better that he got in the fourth quarter, the more success he saw in the fourth quarter, the more times he was able to repeat it because it became part of his identity. I'm great in the fourth quarter. No one can touch me. A new season brings with it zeros across the board. 
You haven't had that same success yet. And so if this season cuts off to even just like a regular start where he's pretty good in the fourth quarter, and most of us would be like, damn, I wish that was on my team, but it's not epic, and the Kings aren't winning like basically every close damn ball game they were involved in for a while, those are just two, three losses or wins you flip over to losses. And that's a massive, massive difference. Kings had 48 wins this year. You take away three of those, they're basically at their win total. They're just slightly above it. And the reason that I think it goes even even lower than that for Sacramento this year is because I just don't believe that they can be as healthy two seasons in a row. The Kings, for all intents and purposes, had their key guys all year long. They had the fewest missed games from regulars of any team in the NBA that generally doesn't repeat itself. And that's not to say that these guys aren't a durable bunch. Demonis Sabonis plays through stuff. Fox can play through some stuff. We don't really know so much about Keegan Murray yet. He played a lot of games here his rookie season. But this Kings team, when you look at it from just a who-played-minutes standpoint, top minutes players on the Kings were Sabonis, then Fox, then Barnes, then Herter, then Murray, then Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, and Trey Lyles. That was the top eight play, like actual on-the-court guys. And those dudes in that order missed three, nine, zero, two, seven, five, two, and eight games. That is insane. In Sane. Every regular for the Kings played 88% of his team's games or more. Everyone. Darren Fox at 73 was the low watermark for that bunch. Trey Lyles at 74 was the only made it to 90% guy. Most of these dudes were at 95% or better. That just doesn't happen. Even if some of those guys stay very healthy this coming year, it won't be all of them. And so the Kings under is probably my favorite play in the Pacific Division with the Suns under as my second favorite. And I don't think we need to go into as much detail on the Phoenix one. Well, I mean, we can do a little bit on it. But you guys know me well enough to know that I fade star movement. Nothing in this world is 100%. Nothing in this world is guaranteed. Fading star movement is a winning proposition long-term. It's time once again to remind you all of our wonderful partners at calderalab.com. Once again, shout out to my buddy Dom for helping get this thing set up. It's summertime and it is hot as a you-know-what and your face is wearing it. For me, I'm a little bit of a light-skinned fellow. Pasty, if you will. There is SPF in some of the products from our pals at Caldera Lab. But here's the thing. You need the regimen. It's a -a twice-a-day routine that will transform your skin, and it's wonderful for the summertime when you're outdoors and your skin is really wearing it. But the bottom line is that the skincare world has been, for so long, heavily female-driven. And kind of the Wild West for dudes. Can we find a brand? 
does it even matter if we did? I Honestly, I don't think so. Because a lot of times I think the guy's stuff was just like a women's product with XL slapped on it or something like that. Not anymore! Inside the bundle from Caldera Lab and the Regimen, you will find the clean slate, the base layer, the good, and you should get the icon. That's for your eyes. That's where I know I am wearing it the most. The clean state, that's your morning. Clean slate, excuse me. It's a face wash. Clean yourself up. Throw on a base layer. It's a daily moisturizer. Nice matte finish so you don't look shiny. And the good, that's for nighttime. A couple of drops, rub that into your face. It's a multifunction serum that tightens up your skin and smooths it out. Reduces the lines of wrinkles and fine lines. By the way, in every drop of the good, there are 3.4 million antioxidants. You got to get that bad boy in your skin as well. And then, as I mentioned, the icon that addresses the three most common skin issues around the eye. Fine lines, dark circles, and my absolute favorite, puffiness. CalderaLab.com is where you got to go. Use our code ETHOS at CalderaLab.com. Get 20% off at C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. When teams get superstar players, usually they underperform their season win total. Donovan Mitchell was sort of the exception to the rule last year. Cleveland got him. He was incredible for his new team, and he just took over. You know who didn't? The Hawks. That didn't really fit. The Wolves made a big trade. That didn't really fit. They were an under last year. Who else picked up a big player in the offseason? That might have been the two big ones. Uh, big pickup midseason. Dallas fell apart. Uh, who am I forgetting? Is there anybody in the East I'm overlooking here? I mean, New York signed Jalen Brunson, but that was a very different monster. That wasn't inserting a superstar. That was inserting a high-efficiency guy who was immediately going to make that team better. There was a still space for him with that club. I think that was it for teams that added a big-name player. Two out of three went under. I don't remember who you could look at from previous years. I mean, Russ is an example, obviously, of the Lakers sending their feces directly into the fan, but it's not fair to cite him unless we could cite all of them. Suffice it to say, is it two out of every three times? I don't know. Is it six out of every ten times? Probably that or better. So we're going to fade it. But then the other side of that is, look, you know, 40% of the time, 45% of the time, something like that, whatever, it's not going to hit. Still, when something hits at 52.4% or better long-term, which I feel pretty comfortable saying this does, you do it. You fade. In this part, Keith on yesterday's show referred to it as fading the public. I actually think it's not quite that. I think this is fading the narrative. Fading the news not the narrative. Fading the news is what we're doing here because the public follows the news and the news says Team A got Superstar. Phoenix Suns got Bradley Beal, had signed great fringe, you know, veteran minimum guys. And they did do those things. They got pretty good veteran minimum dudes and they did pick up Bradley Beal. 
But this is a team that's going to have a whole lot of chemistry stuff to work out. They hadn't even really finished working on the Kevin Durant chemistry from last year. Will they be a very talented offensive team at some point this year? Yeah, they're going to shoot their way to a bunch of wins. But 52 is what they got to get to to hit this mark. They went 45 and 37 last year. Devin Booker being hurt was a, a part of that. But there's no, I mean, there's no reason to believe that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and even Bradley Beal are all going to be fully healthy this coming season. And that's even bigger. That's an even bigger deal when it's guys trying to get used to one another. Kings under, Suns under. Two plays that I will likely be making in the Pacific Division. Let's go Northwest. I actually have two teams that I like in this one. The Nuggets under 54.5. This is, again, fading the news. It's not that the Denver Nuggets picked up any large players that are going to change their, their situation. It's that they won 53 games last year and then won the title. This is an exhausted basketball team. Uh, Jamal Murray is someone who ratchets it up in the playoffs. Nikola Jokic is someone you can see clearly cares more about the rest of his life than whatever regular season wins might mean for his team and the one thing that gives me pause on this one and why it's not like a tip-top favorite play is because the Nuggets do love being at home so home court advantage is important I think that they'll play for that a little bit I just don't think they're gonna have the juice to go for 55 wins this year it's exhausting travel they'll be I know they're out their home court is in altitude but there's a lot of going into and out of that which again doesn't impact them as much as the other teams doing it but the, the NBA season is a very long one for Denver. They also lost Bruce Brown, and everybody's like, oh, they filled those holes, they did fine. Eh, no, not really. Bruce Brown was better when, than whatever they picked up here. I love the Nuggets starting five, but they're not particularly deep. And this is a season where they're going to need depth because the starting five is going to be sleepy. Championship hangover, very real. The regular season just doesn't feel that important anymore, and for that reason, and almost that reason alone... I like the Nuggets on the under. The other one is a team that came up very briefly on yesterday's podcast. I didn't want to insert myself into it because I really wanted you guys to hear from our two guests. It was a team mentioned in passing, and that team was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Keith and Mike talked a bunch about the Thunder and how you could maybe play an escalator with them if you think they have a chance to beat Denver for this Northwest division. I think they're going to have to go through Minnesota as well. It's not necessarily that the Wolves are going to get that much better. I do think Anthony Edwards continues to improve. I think Jaden McDaniels continues to improve. Uh, more than anything, I just think that Mike Conley steering the boat and maybe getting 55 to 65 games out of Cat is enough this year for that team to improve by two wins. I thought they were kind of bad last year. They still got to 43. I don't think they want to be in the play-in scenario again. That was terrifying for them. Uh, and they only got, they did it with 30 games at a cat. Now, this is another team where you look at the other guys, and you're like, okay, well, these dudes stayed really healthy. Gobert, 70. Slow-mo, 70. Ant-Man, 80. Jaden McDaniel, 79. Nas Reed was a little banged up. Cat missed 52 games, though. Like, his improvement in games played will likely be in the 25-plus games territory. And you might mix and match 25 games out of the rest of these dudes, but having Cat in there for those 25 is probably more important. 
I really think Mike Conley makes this team a lot better. And I think that they know that, too. Minnesota is a relatively confident team. They, Denver fought them. Like, that was a pretty good battle, those two clubs. But I don't think Minnesota wants to have to deal with Denver. Also a situation in the first round. So they're going to be fighting to try to get out of the play-in tournament. They know that's going to take 44, 45 wins or more. And even though the West is tougher, I think they can get there. Uh, Minnesota's, like, they're not bad, bad. They're not going to be great, but they've got enough to get it done. I like that they brought back Nas Reed as well. So put that with the Conley pickup. Give them a hopefully a healthy cat. And uh, I think they can do two wins better than last year. Neither one of these plays in the Northwest is one of, is like the tip-top play like the Kings were. Maybe more like the Suns play. Call it a halfer. But those are my two favorites from the Northwest. Southwest, my favorite play was the Grizzlies. Uh, over 45 and a half. We talked about them at great length on yesterday's show. So again, it's not one that I want to spend in too much time uh, covering here uh, on today's pod, because we went through it in, in great length. And if you want to hear from everybody on the Grizzlies, just go back and listen to, I think it was maybe the second to last team we talked about on yesterday's show. I'm not that worried about John Morant missing 25 games. I don't think that it's going to completely obliterate them. This is a team that's very good during the regular season. I think Marcus Smart drops in almost perfectly with the way that they play. Scrappy, hard-nosed, running, using their depth. And I love that they get Steven Adams back. And if he's in there just banging people around, I, I just don't see the Grizzlies falling off this far. And I also don't think that this is one of those trick lines. That's the funny thing about Memphis. You might think that this is sort of a trick line. Why is it so low? I think it's so low because people are like, oh, Jaws suspended. They lost Dylan Brooks. They got flamed. They got clubbed in the playoffs early. All of the press coverage of the Grizzlies was negative. And then they did these things in the offseason that also had people kind of scratching their heads a little bit. But they know what they're doing. They have a plan here. And as Fiddle talked about on yesterday's show, they're likely going to be upgrading the roster more this year. So I think the Grizzlies pile up wins. I think they get pretty close to last year's number. Maybe off by 2-3, but that still keeps them over the mark. That's my... Only preferred play in the Southwest Division. The Spurs came close, but I am a little bit afraid because 30 and a half, and now I think it's down, what did they say, to 29, 28 and a half at some places. If you can still get 30 and a half, I think I'd play small on the under with San Antonio. Uh, otherwise, I think I'd probably leave that one alone. I don't have as many favorite plays in the Eastern Conference, but we'll get to the first one, and this is one that I made pretty clear as we were talking about it, and that's the Hornets over... Uh, 30, that one opened at 30 and a half. I think you can only get it at 31 and a half now, which I still like it, by the way, at 31 and a half. Not as much, mind you, but, um, and this is a hard thing to say out loud, but I do like that they're getting Miles Bridges back. He's very good. Um, there's a lot of stuff there, but he makes them a whole heck of a lot better. I think that their center rotation is perfectly fine without Mason Plumley, provided Lonzo Ball is healthy. They needed Plumley's passing more last year because they didn't really have a point guard that could initiate. Now they do again. Sorry, I called him Lonzo. LaMelo Ball. Uh, they need his health, though. So unfortunately, this bet is a little bit on LaMelo Ball's health, which we don't know for sure is going to hang in there. But it was pretty good two years back, and so I'm just going to assume he's getting himself right. Give me 65 games or more of LaMelo Ball this year. 
Give me 65 games of Terry Rozier. I don't care about Gordon Hayward. They got the number two pick in the draft. He'll slot in at some point, and he'll be solid. And I just don't think they want to lose again like they did last year. It's a bounce-back season. I've got the Hornets at 33-34 wins, so that's why I liked them a lot when it was 30-and-a-half, 31-and-a-half. Not quite as much. Doesn't give us quite the space there. But if things break right, you could even maybe see them squeeze another win or two out of it. Because, again, the East got easier, and the Hornets got better. That's a beautiful power couple. (laughs) And they have continuity. Which, you know, we talk about that, like, Last year, they were bad because of injury. Lamella Ball went down early, repeatedly. He never really quite got, like, in maybe December, January, he sort of got to about full tilt, and they were closer to a 500 ball club when he was a full-bore Lamella Ball. But the rest of the time, they were god-awful because he just wasn't good. He was trying to get his legs underneath him, and every time it seemed like he was about to, he got hurt again. That one I like a lot. Hornets I like a pretty good amount. Um, and then I think the only other Eastern conference play that I really like is the Pacers. And this one's one of my favorites. 37 and a half is a very attainable number, uh, for Indiana. They were, they were basically, I mean, they were there last year before they pulled the plug on their season. Indiana still got to 35 wins and that's with Tyrese Halliburton, getting like two months off over the course of the year. Remember he had a real injury in I think that was January range, January, February. And then they, then they yanked him late. They let him play like two games down the stretch, but he only ended up at 56 ball games and miles Turner at 62. This was a team that was basically in tank mode last year and they got to 35 wins. The Pacers are going to blow past 35. You might say that they caught teams by surprise a little bit last season, but here's the thing. Tyrese Halliburton is so damn good It doesn't matter. He's not a guy teams can guard. Proper game planning might make it a little bit better, but he's just, he's he's a wonderful shooter. He's a terrific passer. He's a great defender. He's just the kind of guy that teams are going to want to build around, and Indiana gets to do that. And they brought in some more options at, at wing and big man spots, which is an area that they were struggling with last year. Small forward, power forward was an issue. Um, now they've got Buddy Heald, who was already there, but they added to him. They brought in Obi Toppin. They drafted a power forward. They Andrew Nemhart, his growth. Uh, sorry, well, he's more of a of a point guard, shooting guard. Benedict Matherin on the wing was the player that I meant to yell his name right there, and then I was going to go to Nemhart, but I said them backwards because my brain is still a little bit tweaked. Uh. They still have T.J. McConnell as well as the backup point guard. Now, like, they don't want him playing that much. If he's playing a lot, that means Halliburton is hurt. And then this whole thing goes down the toilet. But, like, you can't... That's another reason to like unders on team win totals because, like, if a team's best player gets hurt for 25 games, they're probably just going to go under and there almost isn't anything the team can do about it. Uh, unless, unless you're the Memphis Grizzlies. But look, the line's already built with him expected to miss 25. I'm talking about teams where the number's built on the team being healthy, and then something derails that. And right now, the number for the Pacers is built on them being healthy, but I think they're better than this. Indiana is a playoff team this year. Uh, they're a play-in team guaranteed, and they have a shot to race into that six hole because Brooklyn's not going to be there. 
or that maybe they'll try to fight for it. But that, to me, is an Atlanta, Miami, Indiana, Chicago fight for the number six seed. They're all going to be trying to grab wins wherever they can in a lighter Eastern Conference. I love the Pacers over. Maybe my favorite play on the board, it's up there with the Kings play, uh, and that is my list. I don't like any plays in the Atlantic division enough to call them a favorite. Um, you know, Knicks are pretty public, but I like the over. Celtics, I think that I think they go under due to injury stuff, but it's hard for me to say for sure. And then the Nets, I think they go under, but I also think their number is is not all that far off. So that's where we'll put a pin in things today. I'd love to get you guys back to your uh, baseball trade deadline viewing. You can enjoy that. Have a blast. I am Dan Bespris. Tomorrow, we will embark upon a new direction because we're not going to be doing the rest of the win totals until they actually come out. Uh, I mean, I know some of them are, but until we get a little bit more information on where superstars are going to be, sit tight, relax. It's time to start looking ahead a little bit even on the fantasy side. We've got a lot of stuff to cover over the next few weeks. And I think we might, in the next two-ish weeks, three, we may get those Yahoo leagues opening, and then we can really start to dive in. So sit tight, relax, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Again, I'm Dan Baspers for Fantasy NBA Today, Sports Ethos presentation. Again, check out the NFL Fantasy Pass and the All-Sport Fantasy Pass on sale at sportsethos.com right now at Dan Bespers on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, and threads, and I will talk to you over there. So long for now, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.